Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Let us pray. Eternal Heavenly Father, subdue me now so we can lift you up. Every movement that I make, may it serve to elevate you, to lift you up, to praise you, to glorify you. Because it is you who have done it all for us. And we thank you. Open our hearts now as we receive your words. In Jesus' holy name. bow or burn. The Bible tells of the story of a king who had a dream one night. And the dream was so vivid it startled him. He could not remember the dream. So the Bible said he summoned all his wise men. But they could not help him. He learned of Daniel who was a captive boy from the city of Jerusalem, who was taken to Babylon when that city was overthrown. Daniel, through the help of God, was able to reveal to the king his dream and the interpretation thereof. King Nebuchadnezzar was so excited and relief of this burden that he blessed the God of Daniel. And he praised the God of Daniel. For he said in Daniel 2 verse 47. Truly your God is the God of gods. And a revealer of secret. Since you could not reveal this secret. So Nebuchadnezzar was blessed by God. Through Daniel. Follow me. But now in chapter 3. Oh, how soon Nebuchadnezzar forgets how good God is. Oh, how he forgets how great is our God, who is the king of kings and lord of lords. For Nebuchadnezzar erects an image of gold into his own likeness. Now, I want you to note that the the interpretation of the dream has nothing to do with Nebuchadnezzar erecting an image for his own worship. Stay with me. But Nebuchadnezzar received a blessing he didn't understand. Then he gave premature praise and forgot where his blessing came from. Be careful that you do not forget who bless you. Nebuchadnezzar erects this golden image And the Bible, oh, my Christian friend, sets the stage. Oh, saving grace, don't miss the context. For he invites all the powerful potentates and officials and heads of states and all the people. For he said, I have erect a golden image in my likeness, which I am ready to dedicate. And when the music plays, I want you to bow down. He gave them an ultimatum as a motivation for worship. He said, when the music plays, I want you to bow down. 
He said, if you don't bow down, there will be consequences. If you don't bow down, then you will burn. So the ultimatum was bow or burn. The motivation was fear. There are people who are still worshiping God today out of fear. There are some people who worship God. Why? Because they're afraid of going to hell. There are some people who do right because they're afraid of the consequences of doing wrong. But I stopped by here this morning to tell us that fear is never a reasonable motivation for worship. Neither is fear a sustainable motivation for worship. Old folk sometimes uses fear to scare the youth into doing right. Some ministers use fear to scare their members into doing what they want them to do. Parents sometimes use fear to scare their children into doing right. But fear is never a sustainable reason to get anybody to do right. Why? Because fear will wear off. As they, you see, they, uh, they said, you must bow or you will burn. When you hear the music plays, you must bow down. Most of the people bow down because they understand that if they didn't do what the king says, they would lose their lives or they would lose their jobs. Stay with me. We're going somewhere. Their motivation was self-preservation. You must understand that you will give in to compromise. Their motivation was self-preservation. They did not want to lose what they thought they had. They did not want to lose what they thought they hold on to by their own power. So whenever one is motivated by self-preservation, you will give in to compromise. And, when, and whenever you compromise, you give in to compromise, you cannot make God known. May I suggest a different way that you can witness and make God known? It's by simply not compromising when everyone else is compromising. It is by standing on the promises of God when everyone else is not standing on the promises of God. May I suggest to us, Saving Grace, that we can make God known if our divorce rate was not like the world's? May I suggest to us, brothers and sisters, that we can make God known if we treated our spouse with more respect and stop cheating on one another? May I suggest to us, young people, that you can make God known if you dress right and keep yourself sexually pure. We always think, we always think that being peculiar is to have a certain kind of doctrine. Isn't that right? But no, no, no. Being peculiar means we live what the word of God says and people would know who we are if we simply did what God asked us to do. Amen? Everyone else bow down. The music of compromise was playing and most of the people bowed down. They bow down for fear of losing what they thought they have for themselves. Don't miss this. 
The reason why they bowed down is because they were afraid. They were appointed, rather, by the king. And they got their jobs from the king. Stay with me. And they were afraid of losing their job from the king. Watch this. The reason why the three Hebrew boys did not bow down is because they knew that they weren't there because of King Nebuchadnezzar. But they were there to represent the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let me help you understand that the way in which you get something is the way in which you have to keep that something. Right? The way in which you get something is the way in which you have to keep that thing. Stay with me. See, if you got your job by lying, you have to keep your job by lying. Isn't that right? If you got your spouse by cheating and stealing somebody else's, it's the same way that you have to keep them. But I stop by here to tell you that when God gives you something, no devil can take it away. So they stand on faith. They will not give in. They will not bow. They stand upright. Everybody can see them now. They weren't afraid to stand on the promises of God. They were standing up for Jesus. And so while they were standing, they stand out. And the people beside them called the king's attention to these three brave soldiers who would not bow down. O king, you made a decree that whenever we hear the sounds of the music, everybody should bow down. But there are certain Jews who disobeyed your order. And remember what you said. If anyone don't bow down, they must be burned. Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, give them another opportunity. For I'm here to tell you that you must know that you will always get another chance to compromise. So he calls them in. And he said, is it true, O Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Is it true that you did not obey my order? Maybe you didn't hear the music very well. Maybe your ears were plugged or the volume was too low. Too low was not loud enough. Is it true? Or maybe you didn't understand the instruction. So I'm going to give you another chance, another opportunity. You missed the first chance to compromise. But listen to me. I am going to play this music again. And when the music played, you must bow down. In other words, I'm going to give you another chance to compromise. You see, I am going to remind you, saving grace, that the bills are due, but the, the bills are high, but the tide is due. So this time when the offering plate comes around, you need to keep back that check in your pocket, for you need to pay your bills. But how many of us knows that you don't supply your own needs? God is responsible for supplying all of our needs. So he said, let me give you another chance. Then they said, king, oh king, don't waste your time. 
we will, be, we will not be careful to answer you in this matter. Save your song. Don't play it again. And let me tell you, we will not bow down. We know we are, we know you are the king who sits on your throne. But there is one, there is another king who sits higher and he looks low. And we don't serve you, O King Nebuchadnezzar. We serve a higher authority who is the king of kings and lords of lords. How many of you know that when you serve God, you will sometimes sign up for trouble? Stay with me. If you think I'm lying, let's ask somebody here. Let's go find him. He's not there. But I was looking for Job. But let me tell you something about Job. What Job did. Okay? Let me tell you what Job did. Job was minding his own business. Right? When one, Job was minding his own business. When one morning God was having a board meeting. And all the representatives of the heavenly house were present. When all of a sudden the devil shows up. Complaining to God that he was boring on earth and that he had nothing to do. He had no one to tempt. Then I want you to remember that it was God, not the devil, God, not Lucifer. It was God who said to the devil, have you considered my servant Job? Check this out. It was God's idea to refer his name to the devil. When he was looking for someone to mess with. Could it be saving grace? That the troubles you're in today. That God refers your name to the enemy. That when Satan was looking for someone to, someone to tempt. God pulls your resume. And he looked through your files. And see that you were worthy of trial. Because he needed you to interview. For an opportunity to make God known. Whenever you signed up for Christianity, you signed a debt waiver. So just in case your life didn't work out as you planned it, you will not be able to haul God into the court of your conscience and hold him guilty for whatever you volunteer to do. But I can tell you that I just can't give up now. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. And I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. They said, King, we know what the fire can do. But one thing I know more than what the fire can do, we know what our God can do. Let you say amen. So here's where we can get happy saving grace. Are you ready? They said, King, we know that God is able. Does anybody here know that God is able? Come on, preach with me. We know that God is able to put food on the table. But if not, we know that God is able to pay our bills. But if not... We know that God is able to bring our wayward children home. But if not, we know that God is able to cure that cancer. But if not, 
We know that my God is able to supply all of our needs. But if not, King, O oh King Nebuchadnezzar, let it be known to you this day that we will not bow down for our praises and worship is not predicated on what God does. Stay with me. Our praise and worship is contingent on who God is. And since he never changes, our praise will never, will never change. But if not, this made the enemy real mad. Sister White described his facial feature as a demonic spirit took over the king, so much so that his facial feature changed. He cannot believe that they would make such a declaration of faith like this in the face of prosecution. But please understand that every declaration of faith will demand a declaration of war from the enemy. He will not allow you to talk about how much God loves you or how good God has been and, and, and not come against you with fierce anger. I know I have some testimony in here today. Because when your faith goes up, the fire gets hotter. They believe and accept the Sabbath, turn up the fire. They refuse to accept gays and lesbians, turn up the fire. They refuse to eat like us, turn up the fire. They want to pray more than three times a day, turn up the fire. They will not bow. They will not bow. Turn up the fire. Then the Bible says that they were thrown in the fire furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar watched as they were supposed to be destroyed. I said they were supposed to be destroyed. Ladies, I said they were supposed to be destroyed. Men, they were supposed to be destroyed. Young people, I'm talking to you. I said they were supposed to be destroyed. But how many of you know when Nebuchadnezzar looks in the fire, he sees something strange. He knows he's throwing three into the fire. But he sees four. And they were walking around in the fire. Stay with me. He, he has done his arithmetic right, correctly, for he knows he's thrown in three. But why does he see four? He said, I know I throw in three, and now I see four, and the fourth one, stay with me, saving grace, looks like the Son of God. Mercy. Listen to, listen, listen, listen to this. Nebuchadnezzar was a pagan king. He has never seen God before. How does he know what the Son of God looks like? Oh, have mercy. Stay with me. This is what I've been trying to get to all morning. You have to wake up now if you're sleeping. Stand up. You can't afford to miss this one. Stay with me. When the saints of God are in a fiery furnace and refuse to give up their faith, people who never seen God will see God in you. So that's so, you don't have to invite them 
to evangelistic meeting. Why don't you get a pink slip at work? Lose your job and still sing hallelujah, praise the Lord continually. That's the best kind of evangelism when you're in the fire and you refuse to give up your faith. Ah, look there, there in the fire. <clears throat> and God has not left them. God is with them because how many of you know that your fiery trial attracts God? Oh, yes, your fiery trial gets God's attention. They're in the fire. And notice something here in the text. The Bible said that the people who threw them in were destroyed at the entrance of the fire. <coughs> Why? Because the fire was so intense. So if the fire kills those who threw them in, why was it necessary for Nebuchadnezzar to bound them and throw them in? Oh, hallelujah, you have to wake up. You may, you may want to stand up here. <coughs> why was it necessary for Nebuchadnezzar to bound them and throw them in? Because the fire was so intense, and so if it killed those who threw them in, I don't see it as being necessary at all. Work with me on this one. I believe the reason he bound them before throwing them in is a spiritual symbol of the reality in our lives. Oh, you want to hear this. You want to hear this. That's because that before you go into any fire, fire trials, you go in bound. Did you know that? Any fire trial you go in, you go in bound. You go in bound for you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. You, 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 you go into every trial bound. Bound by your own sinful proclamity and leaning towards iniquity. Bound with certain habits and addiction and practices. But here is what the enemy does. He knows your weaknesses. And he said, if I just throw them in the right situation, I will activate that which is already in them, and they will lose their faith. But he didn't, what he didn't plan on is that God being with you in the fire. Do you hear me saving grace? God being with you in the fire. So when God gets with you in the fire, he uses what should have destroyed you to set you free. Oh, wow. Because the fire didn't destroy anything but their chains. So instead of running from the fire, you should thank God for the fire because the devil was an accessory to your deliverance. Because when he turns up the fire, it sets you free. So he calls them out. Are you praising God with me? He calls them out. He calls them out of the fire. And I can just imagine him doing the sniff test. He, he, he's examined their clothes. And he's probably smelling the end of their hair. He looks them over and realizes that the fire has done them no harm. 
No harm. Why? Because God is such a God that he will not let you look like what you have been through. You don't look like you have been sick with cancer. You don't look like you have gone through a horrible and terrible divorce. You don't look like you have been sick and, and, and you have gone through hell and back. Because God is able to keep you so you don't have to look like what you've been through. So how did they make it through the fire? How did they make it through the fire? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. You asked by the smiling face. Every year, we have wildfire in Miami-Dade and Broad County. Remember? Where the fire would sometimes burn out of control. I learned that in order for the firefighter to control the wildfire, they would study where the fire is going and get ahead of the fire and then light that place on purpose so it would burn. The reason they do this is to control the incoming fire. And that is what they call a control burn. Oh, you can't sleep now. You have to stay up. <laughs> they lit the fire on purpose and burned down the place of the incoming fire because of one principle. Fire can't destroy fire. Oh, hallelujah. Fire can't destroy fire, our place that is already burned. So they, so, 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 so they lit it, the fire on purpose. So when the raging fire gets there, there was nothing to burn. Stay with me, saving grace. You're going to say, preach night, preach. <clears throat> when the three Hebrews boys, three Hebrew boys says, but if not... <clears throat> They lit a control fire in their lives. So when they get to the furnace, there was nothing to burn. Oh, hallelujah. Tell her the Bible is sweet. There was nothing to burn. They have given everything to God. And God saved them, not from the fire, but while they were in the fire. And finally, finally, Nebuchadnezzar looked at them, this premature praiser who was only praising God for what he does and not for who he is. Oh, this premature praiser looks at those who came through the fire, who had made God known. Remember now the context. All the powerful people were present. All the decision makers of that time were there. But what I, what I liked about God is that he will allow the devil to set the stage. But he will take the stage over and make himself known. So Nebuchadnezzar calls them out of the fire and then promotes them 
who have endured fire. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, you didn't hear that. He calls them out the fire, and then he promotes them who endures the fire. Okay, you didn't get it. So I'm going to leave you with this story. I'm going to leave you with this story. The story was told about Nelson Mandela of South Florida, how he was imprisoned South Africa, how he was imprisoned for many years, 27 or so years. When he was convicted and sentenced to jail, one of the prosecutors, the white prosecutor said that this man had done terrible things and we ought to hang him. But before, he said we ought to hang him. Well, you see, as you know, that after many years or some time in prison, Dr. Mandela was released and was elected president of South Africa. Stay with me, saving grace. But before he was sweared in, they asked him, saying, Dr. Mandela, who would you like to swear you into this office? <coughs> Dr. Mandela says, when I was going to prison, there was a man, a prosecutor, who said I should have been hung. Is he still alive? And they said, as a matter of fact, he is, and he has ascended to be a court judge. He said, bring me that man. He said, bring me that man and make him swear me in. And the man who said that Dr. Mandela should have been hung have to hold up the Bible and swear Dr. Nelson Mandela in as president of South Africa. Why? Because God will not make your haters your, God will make your haters your elevator and your enemy your footstool. Is there anybody here today who want to praise God with me? For my God will promote you while you are in the fire. Amen. And so the only thing that you will lose in the fire is the chains that binds you. So let the enemy turn up the fire. You will not bow. Let the enemy turn up the fire. You will not burn. For my God is able. I said my God is able. I'm here to tell you that my God is able to save you from the fire. But if not, he will glorify himself in the fire. Won't you say amen? Today I'm not going to have an appeal. But I'm going to ask you to stand with me if you want a fireproof faith. To ask God to give you this fireproof faith. So that anything and anywhere you go, you will make God know. Eternal Heavenly Father, thank you for this powerful message. Thank you for this message that reminds us that we can make you known. That we don't have to bow to the pressure of life.
Because we have Jesus on our side. Thank you for reminding us, oh God, that in every situation, in every fiery trial, in every fiery situation, that God is present before us. Thank you for reminding us that because you trust us, that you recommend our names to the devil for temptation. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you for Jesus. And save us in your kingdom when you come. In his dear name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.